Are you tired of playing it safe, keeping your head down, and not allowing your true potential to fully shine through? You know there's a bigger calling on your life, but you're struggling with just how to get there. Tune in as I hang out with the amazing Dr. Gigi Hamilton, the game changer, as she shares her journey, her insights, and her passions on how for us to unlock our strengths and take advantage of our true positive potential. Hey, hey, Mental Fitness Matters family. Welcome to today's show. I am super, super pumped. I have the amazing Dr. Gigi Hamilton back on the show with me today. And if you're just tuning in for the Mental Fitness Matters podcast for the very first time, my name is Tracy Austin. I'm a licensed clinical mental health professional. And Dr. Gigi Hamilton is changing the game. She is a phenomenal woman, and especially this month. I cannot wait to share her, to share her journey, her stories with us, because she's doing so many things for so many people, her expertise is incredible. So today we're going to talk through how do we navigate through our mental health, but how do we elevate our game if we're stuck in our positions, if we're stuck in our life, if we're stuck on our journey, she is somebody that can provide some expertise on how to unlock your true potential and get unstuck. Dr. Gigi Hamilton has over 25 years of experience in her career working with children and adults. She's an organiza organizational psychologist, a licensed mental health counselor, and she specializes in building emotional health and relationships. Dr. Gigi Hamilton, welcome back to the Mental Fitness Matters show. It's always so good to spend some time with you, my friend. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I love coming to talk with you all the time as well, Tracy. Thank you. Oh, well, please just start us off. I would love to spend some time just from the beginning for you. Tell us a little bit about who you are. I just kind of gave your credentials as an organizational psychologist, licensed mental health clinician. Let's talk through your journey and what's led you here. Oh, I love this. Uh, as a clinician, uh, when a client first comes in and, you know, we're having our initial session, I have to give this overview so people would feel comfortable. Um, and I'll say that it started growing up. You know, I, I grew up poor. I grew up in Ohio, Toledo, Ohio. And quite honestly, uh, in the 80s, you know, life was hard. You know, the crack epidemic was around and there were people in my family that really struggled with substance abuse. And so, uh, Somehow I ended up working when I was working uh, through my bachelor's degree, working for a residential substance abuse treatment facility. And uh, my bachelor's is actually in communications. And so as I was finishing up that degree and working as a counselor in substance abuse, I realized that I was pretty good at it. And so that led me to go back to school and then get my uh, counseling degree. And so there you go. And after that, I joined the Army when I finished uh, that degree. And I joined the Army and became a clinician in the military. So um, then leaving there, I ended up here in Charlotte, did a lot of work in agency mental health. So I've been really fortunate to work with a myriad of populations. I think people, when they meet me, they think you do a lot. But I do a lot because I also have a lot of experience. I've worked with so many different populations, and it's a blessing to be able to touch the lives of so many types of people because of my over 30 years now of experience. 
That is huge. And number one, thank you so much for your service and all that you're doing. You're exactly right. It does matter. You know, when I think about feeling seen, feeling validated, feeling heard, that goes across the board. You know, whether people look like us, sound like us, connect with us on our different uh, interests, it matters. And, you know, so how would you say when you think about your service experience, how has that impacted your journey thus far, especially in the work that you're able to do with servicing others? Well, so it's twofold. There's the service of me serving in the military. Um, one of the things that I believe that has been a blessing for me is to help those that are still in the military and those that are transitioning out. Understanding how that culture shows up really gives me the ability to talk to those that are in that position to, to, to have a relationship with them where they understand that I know what they've been through to some extent. You know, I can't say I've lived everything they have, but I do get the culture. And so I'm able to help in a different way. And really just working with people of color, African-Americans primarily, we have this shared lived experience that, you know, automatically there are just some things you don't have to explain because we lived it as well as clinicians and, and we can help you get to a place of healing just because we've been on those type of journeys as well. That's big. That is big. And you, yeah. you mentioned something about, you know, just being culturally competent. Um, yeah. Speak to that for a little bit. And in the work that you do, how does cultural competency kind of show up in your practice and the things that you're able to provide to people, creating that safe space? Um, because you're exactly right. There's some things that you don't necessarily even have to say you get because there's an alignment there. Speak a little bit to the importance of cultural competency and being able to sit across from somebody and, and create that safe space. Absolutely. Well, when you're talking about cultural competency, I just had, uh, I teach at Northwestern, what, God, I can't even talk this morning. I teach at Northwestern University and um, I'm teaching a class right now, psychopharmacology, and we were talking about epigenetics um, yes. Tuesday. And as it relates to our history, cultural competency is understanding that every person has this historical experience that led them to where they are today. So when they're sitting in the chair with you, what there's this historical component that maybe they've had trauma, maybe there's some family generational things that there's patterns and everything that allow them to end up in this place. And so we do the research, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm working with someone that may be of a Hispanic descent, I want to know what your history is like so I can help you. I may have not lived it, but we want to talk about that and help you start to make some connections as to why you may be struggling with some uh, family dynamics or some things that may be there that you're not even aware of. Yeah. And that matters, you know, and sometimes mm -hmm. those barriers and those things, especially if they're not acknowledged, if they're not seen, it prevents people mm -hmm. from even walking through the door or walking back yeah. through your door a second or third time, you know. Um, so yeah. going that step further, ensuring that there is some research done and the education behind and really trying to see people fully. It's big. Yeah, It's big. It's huge. It is. It's really a big deal. And sometimes they don't even make the connections. Right. Right. So right. it's our job as professionals to be able to help them make those connections. And it's really important. I love when people get the aha moment. And it's not for us to live there. You know, I don't want us to live in the history, but we have to understand the history so we don't repeat the patterns mm. in the future. That's gold. 
And as you think about your journey and kind of moving forward, what has been some of the biggest things? This shows the Mental Fitness Matters show. I love to kind of hear what people feel like mental fitness means to them. But also, what are some things that you've kind of overcome that your mental resilience has been a big part of why you are where you are? Oh, that's a great question. Because I think sometimes uh, there's this notion that as clinicians, we're exempt from the struggle. And can I be the first to tell you we are not? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I've had some hurdles. You know, we've had the pandemic. The pandemic was really tough. Uh, I I'm, I have diabetes, right? And so I can't tell you the fear I had when uh, COVID first came out. Of, Am I going to survive this? Yeah. Right. So that, as a clinician, was something I had to struggle with while helping others. And I've since had COVID twice now, and I've been okay, you know. But I also had to make some decisions about my own health as it relates to mental health fitness because I didn't want that to be a barrier in my life, worrying about if I can get some type of flu or something and and it may end up in in my demise. That's a problem. Right. Uh, So as it relates to mental fitness, I made a decision. Being in the military, I have a lot of medical problems, right? So uh, I love to... uh, People will see on my social media, you always see me doing some type of workout program and it changes. And it's changed. What they don't know is it's changed over time because I have all these injuries. Mm-hmm. So I would get, I would ride my bike. I would get injured on my bike. You know, it's all these things. But the reason I'm talking about that as it relates to mental fitness is because you always have to figure out what's next. What's yeah. the best thing that's going to help you next? And so I ended up landing on now doing this virtual reality boxing and uh, I dance in there and there's fighting aliens in space. And when I tell you it, it was a game changer. I tell you for women or even for men, it's the cheat code to working out. Yeah, absolutely. The cheat code. I absolutely love it. If you're a visual learner, I mean, you get immersed in these worlds and it's just you and what's in that world. And it is the best. I only do it for 40 minutes a day and it is the best workout. So, and I need that. One of the things I know about myself for my own mental fitness is I need to get that uh, dopamine in my brain going on almost daily. That's where my creativity comes from. That's where thoughts about how I can help my clients in a better way come from. Mental fitness really means where are you at your best? What, What do you need to do for yourself to be at your best? I love that. And and thank you so, so much for sharing. And I think that's huge. We were just kind of speaking of a mind body connection there, how your physical fitness really kind of enhances and optimizes your mental fitness and mental health. And I, they do go hand in hand, you know, and I, and I think being able to identify like you're just talking about what works for you. What's going to help turn that brain on, turn on that creativity, unlock who we truly are, finding those spaces where we can just dive into. And I love that you're talking about the VR and the gaming. And that just kind of segue us into I want to hear what's behind the name, the game changer. Talk about that. What's behind the name, the game changer? Talk to us about that. Yeah, we're going to thank my branding team, Social B, for that, (laughs) because we could not figure out how do we brand me? And what ultimately happens is we were talking about, well, what do you do? Who do you serve? Right. How, How do you show up? And quite honestly, when we had just the conversation, we talked about who I am. 
And we were joking one day and I was telling them that, you know, well, my friends call me the Olivia Pope of therapy, right? Yeah. Like I just get it done. I'm the, I, it's like, I have the bat phone. I don't know if you've ever seen Batman back in the day when he had the basement and he had the red phone. Yes. My phone is like the bat phone where I will just get calls and I help people resolve issues, right? And people know that that's not anything we market. It's just people in my life know that if they're really struggling with something, that I'm the person to call to help them with that. But as we were trying to figure out how to do the branding, you know, we were talking about the fact that I work with professional athletes, that really I am a change agent. And ultimately, based on all of the dynamics of my, you know, experience, the game changer made the most sense because as we were talking about it, we had did a, a training. I was speaking in uh, New Orleans and when we were there and people were just like, you've changed the way I see the world in just one conversation. Mm. And so that's where the game changer came from. That's huge. That's powerful. That's impact. And when you think about that, and like you're saying, showing up in several spaces because of your expertise. And when you think about how the world connects Sporting events are like the game is huge. You know, people really can get into competition, get into being the the person that's on the back end and then kind of making their way to the top. People can get into consistency and training. And so when you hear that game changer and being able to really go a little bit deeper and unlock the truth of your game, getting to that next level, performing at your peak, I think it's genius. You know, I think I think it, it follows on so many platforms, so many many of the things that you're doing, so many of the innovative strategies that you're implementing as you're working with your clients. Um, what are you noticing the most has been your biggest impact when you're coming in from that perspective of changing your game, elevating your game and unlocking your truth? How has that been beneficial as you're working with the clients that you serve? What's that impact? Yeah, and what you mentioned, it is really important because it doesn't matter your profession. It doesn't matter, you know, what how you show up in life, we all have a game. You know, our life is a game, if you will. And so what we want to do is figure out how we can have the best game. And so the impact that I've had on people is helping them figure out how to get to their best game. So it's so individualized. And I think that's the thing that makes this so special. It's about what you're struggling with or where you're stuck and how we can help you get to that next level. I love that. And what are you seeing? What are you seeing? How? And when you think about the game, because identifying where you're stuck, I'm a former college athlete. I played basketball at Wake Forest University. And I remember yes. so often, and I share this a lot with my community, that physicality, you know, that's a part of it, but that wasn't really the hurdle. You know, it was the mentality. It was the mindset. Oftentimes our wins and losses didn't come down to because we weren't training, because we weren't conditioned, because we weren't fast enough. No, we were training. We were conditioned. We were fast. But where we got stuck was the self-talk, the doubt. Yes. You know, when you think about losing, whether that's in life or in sport, the failures, all of those things compounding one thing after another when you're putting in the work, that mindset shift is huge. So when you think yeah. about the work that you're doing with your clients, how do you help people overcome the mental hurdles that they're facing in life? Yeah. And a lot of it is understanding where they're getting stuck. Because yeah. all they know is they are stuck. Yep. Like all they know is I want to get a promotion or I can't seem to get out of this dead end job or I just can't figure out how to uh, start my own business. I want to do these things, but I don't understand how to do it. And it's really frustrating. So 
you just mentioned it. It is the the itty bitty pity committee that's in our head yeah. that tells us we're not good enough. Yeah. It is imposter syndrome that shows up that says at the end of the day, we all believe that we're going to be we're fraud and the world is going to figure it out. Right. And so we have to help people dispel these myths and have them look at the reality of the accomplishments they've already made really help build that confidence and help them realize you can do anything you want. All you need is the right tools. So a lot of it is just helping, like holding hands, teaching people how to network, teaching people how to have small wins so that they can build their confidence over time. Those are the things that help change their games. I love that. You're exactly right. That self-talk, telling ourselves, getting connected to the right people, the right tools, having that, having the tools in place. Oftentimes we're out here doing things maybe over and over again, but you don't really quite have the tools that you need to get the job done. Um, Let's speak to that, especially when we think about the communities that we serve, especially if there's barriers and limitations uh, to our black community for even getting into therapy, getting into seeing Mm -hmm. a professional. There's so many things that maybe the myths and the stigmas around even entering a space to get additional and professional support. How do we shift that mindset to say and to talk about it in a a platform like we're doing now, just shifting your game, unlocking your tools, unlocking your potential? How do we help uh, people that may be hesitant or resistant to even seeking support make that mind shift and say, you know what, I might can benefit from a coach, a professional, a little guided intervention? Yeah. So. To me, it goes back to that historical component. History matters, right? And quite honestly, years ago, and even now, systems have been problematic for us, right? Systems keep us uh, in bondage. Years ago, we couldn't trust systems. I I remember being a kid and, you know, you're not going to have some counselor come in and talk to me and have me taken away from my family. That's not what I want. So we don't trust systems. And so we still live with that today. And I always tell a lot of my clients until they let us, you know, into the schools and start getting these degrees as counselors. Now you got this new, unique blend of now we're, we have the clinical expertise, but we also have the lived experience. So we get that we have to be careful with what we say in public and things like that. So I think the other component of this is just normalizing the conversation. Yeah. When I do a lot of uh, presentations, I talk about how you don't even have to have an issue uh, coming into therapy. But if you just want to have a better life and you want to figure out how to improve on what you're already doing, just come in and have those conversations so you can live your best life. If we can normalize talking to someone to get different uh, opinions and shift how we're seeing the world so that we can live better, it's just life changing. So I just think if we as black clinicians have more conversations and where we can normalize the conversation and make people feel comfortable with talking with us, then it's going to really change the game. That's huge. That is huge. Normalizing the conversation. Again, Mm -hmm. that simple shift in what we might consider people hearing that, you know, this is a place that I can get better and feel better versus this is a place I'm coming to because something's wrong and I need help and somebody's called me crazy and dot, dot, dot. I think that language shift, that conversation changer literally can shift the mindset of somebody's willingness, but also the ability to receive the support and really being able to kind of heal and thrive. Um, So I love what you're sharing there. And some of your work around 
I'm very fascinated by the work you're doing from the emotional intelligence space. When we think yes. about, you know, really the emotional, can you speak to that a little bit? We're hearing that word more often, EQ, IQ, we're hearing emotional intelligence. Give us a little bit more about what that means and how that shows up. Absolutely. So I wrote my dissertation on uh, emotional intelligence and uh, women and, and their leadership roles and how we are able to use emotional intelligence in the workplace. And when you people talk about it all the time, but what does that mean? What is emotional intelligence? A, a quick way to think about it is there's four components of emotional intelligence. One is how we perceive information, right? If you tell me to turn right here and you really meant turn left, then I'm perceiving what you're saying and we're not communicating. We're not on the same page. The other thing is how we understand what you're saying. And then it's also how we use information. Then lastly, it's how we actually manage our emotions in the workplace or anywhere. And so what I like about emotional intelligence when we're talking about it with clients is you have those four components, but what you really need to understand is how do you use it so that you can benefit uh, in the communications? And what I find is that we have to be careful because so many stereotypes for people of color, we don't get the ability to truly use our emotions in the workplace because if we... Uh, have a tendency to kind of get loud when we're passionate about something that can be seen as we're aggressive. We're, you know, angry black women. So we have to understand how to manage our emotions more than anything. We can perceive what's, we're, what's being said. We can understand it and we can manage it, but we don't get the ability to truly use our emotions. We have to be really cognizant of how we use our emotions. And I don't think a lot of people pay attention to that. It's really easy to say, well, I'm just passionate, but you also have to be really careful about how you're being labeled too. So we just have to have this higher level of caution as it relates to how we use our emotions. I love that. And I think what you're speaking to is you're talking about having that deeper level of understanding, use that word passion. And in that same sentence, sometimes being viewed as the angry black woman. Right. Or whatever that might yeah. look like or perceived mm -hmm. as perception is reality. You know, so on both sides of that coin, on all sides of that coin, perception is reality. So I think it for everybody listening to take a deeper look at self and become more aware about how things make us feel, getting in tune with our own emotions, because oftentimes, you know, that passion can look and feel a way. Nonetheless, it's an emotion that you're feeling, but you're exactly right. How is that coming out? How is that being received? And in what ways do we begin to manage that? You know, and so having a supportive place, but also a conversation that goes further so that people because people are being judged and labeled all the time, you know. Um, so I think that's really important work and work that needs to be done through leadership um, individually, you know, because I think there's responsibilities on both sides of that. Yeah. And it's also important when it comes to communication in the workplace or even in our relationships, more often than not, when we're having conversations, we're, we're triggered, right? Yeah. We're triggered back to our past, back to our childhood, back to places where we didn't feel the best. Uh, and so what the, 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 the problem with that is, is 
for example, if someone says to me, you know, well, why are you acting so dumb? Right. Mm -hmm. And if somebody called me dumb when I was in elementary school, now I'm feeling that I'm not going to say to you, well, you just made me feel like when I was in elementary school, what I'm ultimately going to say is, oh, you're not going to talk to me like that again. I kind of automatically get jolted into fight, flight or freeze because I've been triggered. And so what we do in counseling is help people realize what those triggers are and help them learn to navigate through that. So one, they're aware of what's happening with them. And so they can communicate better in relationships, in uh, the workplace, because it's important. We don't really give enough credit to how in conversations we're being brought to feelings that don't feel good for us from our past and from our history. Yeah, that's gold. Thank you for saying it just like you said it, because that leads me into the next question. If people are wondering and curious, like, do I need to seek additional support or mental health support or is a counselor the right option for me? How do I know when to go in? I think even some of the things you were just describing, sometimes we don't even know what's linked to our reaction or response. And it could be something that happened 20 years ago, 50 years ago, last week. You know, so how do people assess whether a clinical or professional support would be right for them? That's a great question. So the best thing to do is listen to that voice. You can talk to your friends all day long. We all know that when we are by ourselves and we have that quiet time, there's a voice that's telling us, oh, I probably shouldn't have yelled at that person. Uh, maybe I should apologize. You know, we're, we're really having this assessment with ourselves but there just may be this place where it's like, well, how do I do this different? And you just don't know. Or these themes and patterns keep coming up for you where people may say you're selfish or, you know, they may say all these different things about you and you don't want to really own that. But somewhere down, deep down inside, you know, this really may be true. How do I do this differently? How do I have better relationships? And so that is a perfect place to sign up for therapy, right? To have some conversations to kind of work through well, I don't know why this is happening, but it keeps coming up in my life, right? So think about the themes and patterns that people will kind of tell you, well, you seem awfully selfish or you don't seem like you're giving me enough time in my life, just different things. And it's really important that you are talking to a therapist. And, and Tracy, you actually had a good question because I also provide coaching, you know, a personal and professional development coaching. When do you know which one to go to? Do you get therapy or do you get coaching? Coaching is great if you're thinking about how to progress in your professional career. Counseling is really important when you're really interested in trying to figure out how to improve yourself. Hmm. How do you get better from a personal perspective in your life? How do you grow? How do you change? How do you even challenge yourself to, you know, um, deal with if you're having anxiety, if you're having stress, if you're having some depression sometimes, you know, if you realize that your your moods fluctuate quite a bit, that's more for counseling. But if you're in a place where you just really want to get to a better place professionally in life, where you actually want to have the ability to start your own business, or you just can't figure out how to get that promotion, that's where coaching is important. So they're very different things. Thank you for diving into that, though, and, 
explaining mm-hmm. that, separating the two and kind of helping people yeah. understand where they may fit in all of it. And so you might yeah. have a people people in both places. You know, they're, they're the coach and the player. You know, they're the executive yeah. and they also need some additional support, you know. And so being able to kind of hear yourself as the whole person and see yourself as the whole person. That's why I love um, your tag, the game changer, because yeah. there's so many um, quarters in a game. There's so many seasons of life. There's so many moments in a play that this is a game of life. You know, it's not yeah. just about start and finish. This is a game of life. There's going to be highs yeah. and lows and ups and downs. And at each part of this journey, it's going to require a different level of us. You know, and so having the tools, as you mentioned, in the toolbox, having the people and supports, as you mentioned, along the way can really help change the narrative, change how you see, change your perspective, but also change your ability to show up for yourself and the community that you serve. So I think it's yeah. it's huge. Yeah. And, you know, research shows that we change every seven years. Yeah. Right. Life would be boring if we stayed the same. Yeah, right? I feel like we change <laughs> and, every day. <laughs> and, yeah, I agree. Look. It depends on the moon. It depends on okay. you know, what, what side of the bed we wake right. up on. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> but what I will say, it wouldn't be, you know, really odd if you have both a coach and a counselor. Right. Right. Think about it. We may have a, a general practitioner that we go see and we might have a chiropractor. Yes. Right. They work on different things. So if you really want to have, and you know this as an athlete, if you want to have the best ability to, to do your very best, you need the right tools. Yes. And these are the right tools that people aren't talking about. Absolutely. Right? You, we all need help getting out of our own way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do. And you're, you're exactly right. I think the biggest unlock and the hack that I'm noticing and that I'm taking advantage of is that I'm more than just physical body. Right. You know, there's a spirit me, there's a mental me, there's all of these components of who I am. And the more that Mm -hmm. I'm learning, the more that I'm growing, the more that I'm out doing the work, but also serving others. It's not just about taking care of one part of you. And when you begin to realize that one part of you is connected to the next part of you and the next part of you, there's a whole shift that begins to take place when we really begin to take care of ourselves fully. And oftentimes we don't know what we don't know. You know, we, we learn a yeah. little bit and then we go and then we learn a little bit more and then something traumatic might happen. And it's like, oh, whoa, that comes to light. You know, so I, I, you're exactly right. You might be seeing a, a therapist. You might be seeing a chiropractor. You might be going to yoga. You might be seeing an acupuncturist. You might be doing neurofeedback yeah. training. There's a whole world of healing, of wellness that's out here and available to us. And so being able to be open, keeping that mindset open. And if there is some resistance and hesitancy, do a little deeper dive into what are the blocks? You know, what are the things in the midst that you may have heard before that are keeping you stuck? And are you ready to be unstuck? And if you're ready to be unstuck, there's people out here that are in position that can really help you unlock those stuck points and create a life of your full potential. It's big. It is. And and I'll tell you one interesting thing that I do. I have a 20 year old son and I have him. I'm visual, so I, I need to write things down. So I have him in his room. He has a, a whiteboard. And on that whiteboard, we have physical, emotional, spiritual and financial. Yeah. And those are the areas in life where daily you should be checking to see if you're on point with where you want to be. 
I love that. Maybe one day you're off. If, if you're having an off day, you need to look at that board and see wh what's missing. What's the deficit? What's get, getting t attacked, right? What's happening that day? And what do you need to do to get back on track? If you're not aware of your, like I call it's like a stool, right? It's the thing that keeps you in balance. Mm -hmm. And if you're not aware of, you know, just seeing it every day, am I in check? Am I in tune? What's happening? Then you're just kind of, on autopilot, right? It's like driving with no direction. Mm -hmm. So really, we our goal is to help you drive intentionally, is to help you have a goal, a place to go, and make sure that you're getting what you need on the way. I love that. And I was going to, that was going to lead me into the question about, do you have any tips or strategies you can share for helping people get more intentional about that? But I, I love that visual component. You know, you're setting some things up from every area of life and making sure that you're tapping into that, seeing it, connecting with it, being intentional. I love that word. Intentional. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, if we're not intentional and we're just, we're floundering, we're yep. just out here, you know, let whatever happened to us happen. That's a trip. I don't <laughs> even have a clinical word for it. You know, we have to really decide <laughs> every, every day. I, I am intentional. I have a whiteboard in my room too. Yeah. Right. And my to-do list is on mine <laughs> and I have to be intentional to make sure, like, as a matter of fact, I just, what we're like on February 8th and I went and I looked at my whiteboard on my way to bed last night and I was like, girl, it's time for you to do your February board. I just, mine still is on January, but I just hit everything on my to-do list because it's always there. That's huge. Yeah, that. it is. Yeah. It's I love cool. that. Yeah. And, and finding the systems that work for you. You said out yes. loud, you're visual. Somebody else mm -hmm. may need to kind of feel it, connect with it, write it down, journal, whatever your thing is. Somebody exactly. might need to get in the, into the boxing or running or whatever it is that makes you feel like you're turned on and you're getting something done and you're being productive. You feel good about yourself. Lean into that. Don't ignore yeah. that thing. Listen. Yeah. I used to, um, being in the army, I used to be so jealous because, you know, people get runners high. Yeah. Oh, I ran all the time. I'm not the best runner, uh, which is why my knees are all jacked up, but uh, I never got runners high. Right. But I get a high when I ride my bike and I'm getting a high on this. I get a high when I'm in the gym lifting weights. You know, I can't do that as much as I used to, but I, I found my high. Right. Yeah. And now I'm getting my high as I'm, you know, doing this uh, virtual reality workout. The high means that you get this extra connection that you're supposed to have in the universe. It, it's like this private connection to the world that only you can have. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's so individualized. Find your high. Maybe it's if you're painting or, you know, it, it can be anything for anyone, but you have to search for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you about the times when you're talking about um, mental fitness, you know, you see people at the top of the game, but you don't see when they struggle. You know, you, you haven't heard that me part. talk about the times where I had the injuries and I couldn't work out. Mm -hmm. And I was bummed out because I can't ride my bike anymore. My orthopedic surgeon told me, you like to ride your bike outside. He said, I like to ride my bike too, but I need my hands to do surgery. So I ride a Peloton. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, right. So you have to understand that there may be challenges, but you have to be able to make the shift. And there may be an emotional transition in that, but you have to search for it. And it goes back to intention. Yeah. You have to find something. And if you don't try different things, you'll never get there. 
Love it, love it, love it. Um, And circling back to your high, speak to us a little bit about where Dr. Gigi is now. What's her next elevation? What are you working on? You're doing so many incredible things in the gaming space, but just just in overall, what's your next high or next elevation? Where are you? And where so, are you going? <laughs> I, I feel like I was born to change the world. Yeah. And, and I know that's, I, I didn't used to be comfortable saying that, that's but I powerful. really do yes. feel like God put me on this earth to have some trials and tribulations early on so I can understand people, but also so I can make an impact. Right. And so to answer your question, there's a couple of things on the horizon. You know, my son is a professional gamer and I ended up as a parent getting into the gaming arena, start to educate parents on the uh, world of gaming and how we have to have this paradigm shift. Uh, And I said this in another video that I did, you know, I was the parent that was yelling at my son, you better go wash those dishes. Right. You know, and get off that game. Little did I know that he was uh, really using all of his strengths in this process. And now he's actually, it's being monetized for him. Um, But he also didn't go to college, let me say that. And that was really hard for me because, you know, the the world says we're supposed to do this checklist and you're supposed to go to college in order to be successful or get into a trade. So um, as we're, he's gaming, but as it relates to him going through this process of trying to figure out where he belongs, I've been having him go to all of these tech conferences with me. We were trying to find his way. And so as a result of not being able to find what he needed, I ended up creating it. So I've partnered with a gaming company and we're creating an apprenticeship program. And it's going to be a paid apprenticeship program for young adults uh, from the ages of 18 to 34. And we've increased the age to 34 because we're also including people in the military in that population as they're transitioning out of the military so that they can actually find jobs that are in the gaming arena, like production, game development, uh, writing stories for games, all of these different roles and you can actually get viable occupations and really earn, you know, a great living at doing it. And what I found was the difference between my program and other programs is I found that there's a lot of uh, tech uh, apprenticeship programs out there now, but you need to know what you want to do. Do you, you need to know that you have to uh, know that you want to do cybersecurity. I know that I want to go into coding. Well, what I'm finding is that the young adults don't know. Right. And so as they don't know, I'm like, well, let's give them the ability to explore. And that was the thing that was missing. And so as it relates to that, our program will give you the ability to have four choices and you get a month to explore each of those roles and then you get to pick what you want to do. Then you'll get the opportunity to have a uh, internship and then a paid job as a result of that. So it's pretty exciting. I am super excited about this. I think. This is truly the game changer in this world. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, yes. that I am so happy about because, um, and it's hard, you know, I'll say this too, uh, having an African-American son who did not go to college, I am petrified that I don't want him to fall through the cracks. So I will do whatever it takes, mm-hmm. even create an apprenticeship program <laughs> you right. know, to make sure that. He's going to be successful in this world because just because he doesn't go to college does not mean he's not bright. That's does right. not mean, and this is for all of our young adults. They have talents and strengths, and so we have to help them cultivate those. So. Oh, 
You don't know how many people. Right. I went on a tangent. No, you, you no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, love it, love it. Um, it, it. Thank you for sharing that. And you can hear the passion in your voice and the direction and intentionality about everything that you're doing. And I know when you first started off, you're saying you feel like you were born to change the world and making an impact. So just know I salute you and I thank you. You are changing the world and you are making an impact and you're creating a safe space. And you just gave a perfect example. And I can't wait to interview your son and have him on the show um, because you are, you're creating a space for people to, that may not have ever thought that was a reality, right? This gaming yeah. space is huge. You're exactly right. There, yeah. This is a game changer. And to mm -hmm. be a mom and to be able to be open and have that mindset and allow him a place to play and he's good at it, right? And now mm -hmm. this is a job with him and for him. It's just, that's a, that is a game changer in and of itself. And don't you apologize for going on and on about that. I thank you so much for doing <laughs> that because so many Absolutely. parents and people are listening right now like, oh my gosh, see mom? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. See? I tell you, the, the, the kids there, like, or the young adults, when they hear me talk about gaming, they're like, yes, yes. you get it. You know, yes. they're like super excited. They're giving me high fives. You get some cool points for that. I do. I do. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah. Dr. Gigi, I can't. language, though, that, that they yeah. use. They're like, okay, you don't have to do all that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for your time. I want you to share with our audience, where can they find you and learn more about what you're doing and also seek your support and services if available and want that? Absolutely. My website is drgigi.com. And uh, the uh, social media, my Instagram is at Dr. Gigi Hamilton. That's G-I-G-I. And I look forward to seeing you all in the social media. And uh, the last thing I really would like to talk about is I do yeah. have a new book coming out. Didn't even get a chance to talk about oh, that. Oh, let's talk. Um, let's talk. You're good. Yeah, uh, it's called The Cape Escape. And it really talks about the demands of the world that women deal with. And that means, you know, the world says we're supposed to be able to do it all. We're supposed to have this high earning six figure job. We're supposed to raise our children. We're supposed to have these gourmet meals done. We're supposed to wash the dishes. And the reality of it is, is women are trying to do all of these roles. It's almost like we have the, this superwoman cape on. And the book really talks about how you end up secretly struggling behind the scenes because I work with a lot of the clients that are going through this. And ultimately, my book, The Cave Escape, talks about redefining your superpowers. And what we're doing is talking about how you ultimately can redefine your own world so that it fits for you, not the world, mm -hmm. so that it's comfortable for you really setting some boundaries, talking about what makes sense for you so you are happy. And so I love that um, I created this and I really just did it as recently. I did a post yesterday and I talked about uh, the senior vice president from uh, Lincoln University, um, Dr. Candia Bailey. And unfortunately, she took her own life because uh, she was really struggling with some things that were happening for her at the university based on the news report. And uh, it just broke my heart because she felt like she didn't have a way out. Mm, yeah. You know, and that is so hard because to me, there's always a way. There's always a way out of a situation. And so she didn't have anyone to help her with that. And so that's where the idea of my book came from. I've actually done the Cape Escape as a training before. So it was easy for me to pull it together because I already know this. And I work with people every day doing this. So thank you for letting me just quickly talk about that. Absolutely. But I think it's going to help women really just redefine 
who they are and and change their game, by the way. So, (laughs) of course, and change their game and give them some freedom and flexibility in all of who Mm -hmm. they are. I love the title of that. Um, When is that coming out? Is it is it a release date coming up soon? It's coming out in March, actually, just in time for Women's History Month. Yes. Coming out soon. Yeah. Oh, 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 that's so great. Maybe we can have you back in March when you're when you launch that thing there, too. And so looking forward to that. Ah, thank you. Thank you so much for all you do and for who you are, all you serve and continue to do. Super excited to continue to follow you on your journey and all the amazing things that you will continue to do. It's Dr. Gigi Hamilton family. Make sure Mm -hmm. you go back, listen to this episode, share it with your loved ones. There's so many nuggets and gems in here. Wherever you are on this journey called life, of this game of life, don't be afraid to plug into yourself. Elevate your character. Elevate who you are at every level of your being. There's so much more to us than just what we see. And there's so many parts of us that need to be nurtured and healed. And there's people on your journey and your path that can do those things. And so I can't thank you enough for your time and all that you are and all that you do. And I want my Mental Fitness Matters community to go out and shine bright like the stars that we are. I can't wait to see y'all soon. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Mental Fitness Matters. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. If you found value in today's show, please share with others. For more information or to connect with Tracy, you can visit her online and on Instagram at tracyalston.com and on LinkedIn and Facebook at Tracy Alston. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.